I have a priest friend who uh, was a vet, and as a vet he worked on some fairly expensive horses and saved some fairly expenses, expensive horses' lives. So he was fairly in with the owners. So uh, on one or two occasions, uh, when I was visiting him, we went to, to visit some of his horsey friends, some of his... Uh, uh, some of the, the owners of these stallions and so on. And it's very, very interesting because uh, these kind of things that we would have seen on TV, you know, the lives of the rich and famous and uh, that sort of thing, that's what it's like, you know. So you drive up and there's an a, 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 a electrified electric gate and then you have to kind of buzz in and then the gate just kind of magically opens uh, and in you go and there's a long sweeping driveway. When you come to the top then there's like Bentley, Audi, Mercedes, all these cars parked around the place and then you kind of park your Ford Fiesta up and, uh, <laughs> and then you go up to the, to the doorbell and then before you even get to the doorbell the door opens and there's a butler very welcome father Cahal and father whoever uh, and then you come and there's like art on the walls all over the place and pictures and statues and you know those kind of typical Roman statues with like heads missing or things with undoubtedly cost millions right and then you go and then What's always so interesting, right, and I've, I've, I've always had this experience whenever I've visited houses like that, is that the people inside are the same as any other people. So this guy is a multimillionaire, and uh, rather than worrying about kind of paying the bills, he's worried about this one particular stud that he has somewhere, which is losing two million euro a year, or two million dollars a year, or whatever it may be. Uh, so they have the same kind of financial, multimillionaire, but you still have kind of financial worries. Because you're just now in a much, just a much bigger league, but the same kind of thing. If something goes south, you can lose millions as opposed to losing a couple of thousand, like for the rest of us or whatever. You know, it's just, but it's the same kind of thing. You still have financial problems. And then business aside, you still have personal struggles. You still have the struggles with addiction. You still have issues of marital infidelity. You still have issues of yeah, marriages breaking up. You still have issues of friends only being friends because you're rich. Uh, and so then you can't actually trust anyone. You can't just go down to the local pub and have a drink because all of the locals come, oh, any chance you could pay for the local road? Can you pay for the ditch? Can you pay for this? Look, my daughter's in college now. We're really strapped for cash. Any chance you could help? You can't just live a normal life and go for tea down in the local cafe. Uh, so you become a kind of a, a prisoner. Point being, uh, St. Paul is really, really blunt today about money. The love of money is the root of all evils, he says. And there are some who, pursuing it, have wandered away from the faith and so given their souls any number of fatal wounds. Right? So he's just being really, really frank here that, that if, if our goal in life is just to accumulate as much wealth as possible, this is very, very dangerous for our souls. It's just very, very dangerous for our souls because and you, we, can, we, we know this, we've maybe seen this ourselves or we've seen it in other people. Uh, it's quite obvious that there are certain occasions when if I make a moral compromise, I might make more money. You know, if I don't pay my employees what they deserve, if I dodge tax, if I, you know, move money around kind of strategically in Swiss bank accounts, not that that's entirely illegal, but uh, if I, there are illegal ways of doing this, there are dishonest ways of doing this, always paying my suppliers as late as possible. And then when things go south, declare bank bankruptcy and start again under a different name. And you know, like there are ways of avoiding paying your bills and then your, your, your employees suffer because of it. There are ways of making more money dishonestly, absolutely. But ultimately, 
ultimately, like, is that, is that what it's all about? If I'm endangering my soul, what on earth am I doing? What am I doing? Earning more money and risking heaven. Because you earn more money, and what does it actually gain you? More problems, just like everybody else. So, and it's very interesting when you look at uh, lotto winners, for example. They very, very, very rarely, in fact, I've never seen anybody interviewed who was a previous lotto winner. Because it would completely burst the bubble of what winning the lotto looks like. It was like, I mean, people pay, what's a lotto ticket now? Six, seven euros or something like that. They're quite expensive. Seven euros, is it? You know, I remember when they used to be one pound. You know, you enter the, the, the lottery for a pound. Now it's seven euro. And maybe people buying five, ten tickets. And then if they did win it, I mean, imagine if you did win it. I think it's, I think it's one of the highest jackpots this weekend. I think it's about 15 million or something. It's the highest it's been in a long time. Um, and yeah, you, so you win that. And then what? Well, then you have to move out of, if you're in a housing estate, you're going to have to move out because you're going to be just plagued by people. So you go to a new place and a new house and... You kind of find yourself kind of alone, big party, big splash. But invariably, what actually happens is if you weren't good with money before you won the lottery, so if you're wasting 70 euro a week or more on lottery tickets, if you weren't good with money before the lottery, you won't be good with money after winning the lottery. So big splashes, big houses, big cars, big waste, boredom, and then boredom allows room for f- more fun. And more fun allows mo- room for more addiction. And voila, huge problems. So they very rarely interview people after they've won the lottery because it would actually completely burst the bubble that winning the lottery makes your life better. Because it doesn't. There you go. So stop buying lottery tickets. Waste of time. Waste of time. You know, but like, because if, if, if I had money, my problems would be gone. No, they wouldn't. You just have other problems. Right. The other point that, that St. Paul makes, he must have been kind of in bad form, St. Paul, this, today, this day when he, when he, when he wrote to, to Timothy, because um, uh, he's just really, really blunt, which I like. Uh, and he says, anyone, so, this is what you are to teach the brothers to believe and persuade them to do. Anyone who teaches anything different and does not keep to the sound teaching, which is that of Jesus, the doctrine which is in accordance with true religion, is simply what? Is simply ignorant and must be full of self-conceit, with a craze for questioning everything and arguing with words. Okay. So, the Lord, is, is he, what, he, uh, what he's teaching us here through, through St. Paul, is, is the, the question of orthodoxy. So, right teaching, right? Orthodoxy comes from two Greek words, uh, orthos, orthos, and doxa. So, orthos, which is to be right, or sound, or straight, and uh, opinion, so r- right opinion, orthodoxy. Okay, so orthodox teaching, what the church actually teaches. So our job as as Catholics isn't to think uh, the church teaches this and that, but I think this and that, and that's that's what I will that's what I will tell people or encourage people to do. You know, the church teaches contraception is wrong, but look, I mean, at the end of the day, we've moved on. It's twenty first century, like so, let's kind of catch up. You know, um, church teaches that you know. Divorce shouldn't be the case. But look, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we, we, things haven't worked out. So we, we know like that, that, you know, the Lord says these things, but we can kind of adjust. No, <laughs> it's not the way it works. Like what the church teaches, what, 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 what the Lord teaches, this is the truth. This is right. This is what works. And, 
anything else does not lead us to happiness. It does not lead, it does not work. It doesn't lead us to happiness. It's, it's, it's false. It's a lie. And it can be very, very harmful. This is what we see in the world the more, and we see in ourselves. The more we do things that aren't in accordance with what the Lord teaches, the more, the darker our lives get, the darker society gets, the more sinister, the more ugly the world becomes. On the other hand, conversely, the, the more we, we do what the Lord asks, the more we live in accordance to church teaching, the healthier, more wholesome our families are. The healthier, more wholesome society becomes. And with that then, you know, business and all those kind of things actually have a, a, a moral standard and an, an ethic that they live by. So when the heart strives to do what the Lord wants, everything else falls into place. Family life, society, politics, economics, everything. Conversely, you take the Lord out of it. And then, then I'm my God. And then it's all about me. And once it's all about me, then it's all selfish, then it's all pride, and then everything goes south. The love of money is the root of all evils. And there are some who, in pursuing it, have wandered far from the faith. To balance this then, or to teach us that, that the right path, we were given the psalm today, uh, which uh, the, the, the chorus of which comes from the Beatitudes. How happy are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So may we live by this in our own lives. May we live a life that glorifies God in everything. And if he has given us, if you're a farmer and you have plenty of land, great, use that to glorify God. And if he's given you a business and it's successful, great, use that to glorify God. And if he's given you intelligence or if he's given you whatever gifts he's, he's given you, use them to glorify God. That's poverty of spirit. It's not that we can't have anything, but everything we have should glorify God. Everything. So we ask for this uh, readiness to offer everything that we have and everything that we are for the greater glory of God and the building of his kingdom. Amen. <laughs>